Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to episode 135 of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. Today's episode, we are chatting with Lindsay Nadler, who is the CEO of the CEO Hat Club, an incredible, beautiful high-end brand where she sells beautiful hats and makes female entrepreneurs step into the CEO hat of their dreams. So in this episode, we are going to be doing a female founders episode where we take a female entrepreneur who has started a product business brand and we just kind of dive deep into what that looked like, how she got started, why she launched this business, why did she choose a hat as a product, and just a little bit more about her story. And it's super, super fun. So a little bit about Lindsay. So she has a coaching business and she is a total badass. And I absolutely love her content that she puts out into the world. But she basically took her coaching business and then said, okay, you know what? I can actually launch this other physical product, create another income stream for my business. And yeah, just make some impact, make women feel more powerful and all of that good jazz. So I love today's episode. Um, Lindsay, I worked with her a little bit to help her get her product brand off the ground. And I absolutely love helping people start and launch their product-based business. So grab a coffee, grab your wine. This is going to be an amazing episode. Hello, Lindsay. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. How is it going? Hey, Carrie. I am so excited to be here. This is such a long time coming. I'm just so excited to be on the podcast and chat all things business with you. Yay. Okay. So, and I'm laughing too, because we tried to schedule this podcast quite a few times last year. (laughs) Like the first time I think you didn't have it in your calendar. And then the second time something happened with like the email address was put in incorrectly. So yeah. Yeah. I was like lost in the ether time zones. Who knows? Welcome to no life. (laughs) Yes. So I'm I'm excited to chat with you today. So tell before we dive into all things your amazing business, tell everyone just a little bit about you, like your story, your pitch, whatever you want to share. Yeah. So my name is Lindsay Nadler and I am a CEO business coach and I specialize in helping women position themselves powerfully on social media and really step into their CEO role, build expansive, distinctive brands. Um, I have a podcast as well called Make Your Passion Pay You. Um, I have several courses and programs. Um, I just love empowering women. You know, my mission is really about you know, in some shape, form, or fashion through a variety of different business avenues, you know, that I've created, hello, multi-passionate entrepreneur life, is just helping women feel powerful and step into their power and realize, you know, what is on the other side of that. Um, I wasn't always a coach. However, 
I am a former police officer. Um, 10 years ago, you would have found me in some navy blue polyester working a 12-hour night shift, being totally burned out and exhausted. And while I absolutely loved the work I did and um, I have the highest respect for law enforcement, it just was killing my soul, to be honest. And I was never seeing my family. I mean, anybody that's worked shift work and is especially a first responder will get that. And so um, I actually started my first business while I was a police officer. So I know all about that side hustle life. Um, I was working three jobs and, you know, just trying to, to figure out how I was going to replace my income actually started out with fitness coaching. And anyways, long story short, now, now here I am 10 years later, um, you know, building businesses and empowering women. And, um, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. How, cause I feel like I've read this somewhere on your website or like, as I was stalking your entire Instagram highlights, um, how did you go from police officer to your first business to your current like scheme of, you know, you're a coach for CEOs and all that before we even dive into your newest venture? I'm curious just yeah. of like how because that is such an interesting pivot. Yeah. So, well, like I said, you know, I was in law enforcement. I actually thought that I, you know, I grew up like every young girl grows up wanting to be like a CIA assassin, right? <laughs> Doesn't everyone want to sure. like be a cool female assassin? I don't know. Those were my dreams. Anyways, but um, you know, I'm a police officer. I met, you know, my husband who was now my husband, fell in love, became a, a bonus mom, you know, and kind of it was in this family life. And, you know, law enforcement was not conducive to that. Um, like I said, I've kind of always been an entrepreneur at heart. So I was actually running boot camps, fitness boot camps alongside of a 12-hour night shift. And my first introduction to business was that combined with a network marketing company that was nutrition supplement. So it kind of all went hand in hand and that network marketing company, which I, I feel like, you know, so many of them get a bad rap, um, but I feel like they're really beautiful for helping business owners really learn entrepreneurship and learn personal growth and learn yeah. how to, you know, sell things. And this was back in the day, you know, before social media was really a thing. And so, you know, this was like the, the in-home parties and mixers and stuff, which are like, so ugh, to me now, but <laughs> I learn so much. Like if you can learn how to speak and sell and, you know, everything that I did back then, you know, informed what I do today. You know, if you can learn how to be successful in network marketing, I really believe that you can be successful at anything. And so I kind of cut my teeth in entrepreneurship there and realized that I'm fantastic at coaching. I'm fantastic at selling. And, um, you know, I eventually transitioned from network marketing into coaching, fitness coaching, um, life coaching. I actually spent some time because of the financial success of that business, uh, was able to start a nonprofit for um, survivors of sex trafficking in my local community. And so I have a lot of experience across different industries of what it's like to um, to coach, what it's like to sell, what it's like to market yourself online. You know, I can remember back, you know, in my fitness days when I thought I was going to be this fitness guru, right? You know, I had an ebook and a cookbook, um, which is hysterical because I don't even cook at all <laughs> today. Like things have totally changed. Um, but I had an ebook, you know, before Instagram even existed. I was email marketing, you know, before Instagram was even a platform. And so you know, I'm kind of old school in that way. I've been around for for a while and and figured out what works and what doesn't. But anyways, that's kind of the the transition from, 
being a police officer and just realizing very quickly that I'm an entrepreneur at heart and I was not going to thrive in a paramilitary at that time, still extremely patriarchal um, organization. You know, I'm a free thinker. I'm a bit of a rebel. Um, I have to, I'll always have to be my own boss. (laughs) Always. (laughs) Yeah. That's the story. Wow. That's so cool. You're just, yeah, you're amazing. Um, I feel like you have so many like cool little parts about you, but then you're like, oh yeah. And I was also a police officer and I don't know, but to be honest, now that I've known you for a little bit, like, I guess I'm not that surprised. Yeah. Cause I don't know, just something about like your personality, you know, it it kind of makes sense. They're like, (laughs) we get it. Yeah. I totally could see that. Yeah. It would be interesting, you know, at first, because, you know, I would say, you know, I'm this, you know, five foot eight blonde in shape, you know, gal, you know, one thing that there's so many stigmas around women in law enforcement that just suck. And, you know, one thing that people tell me all the time, which would be so offensive that, you know, I'd be like, oh, I'm a police officer. And they'd be like, really? What do you do? <laughs> and I'd be like, what do you mean? And they're like, uh, do you, are you, do you like work back in the records department? <laughs> oh my God. But they just could not like compute, you know, I'm like, no, I'm yeah. on patrol. I work on the street, you know, all night long. And they're like, really? And then they would say this was just so ridiculous, but you're so feminine. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And people still sometimes say that. It's just so ridiculous. But I can but once they get to tell me, they're like, you were totally a cop, huh? <laughs> like, yeah, I was for sure. I love it. That's so awesome. And then t- let's hear about your new brand. Obviously, CEO Hat Club. Um, anyone who is listening to this episode, I probably reference your brand, I don't know, like every five episodes gushing over your product photos, your website, your lifestyle photos. I'm definitely a huge fan. But how did you like, let's hear kind of the story with that brand. Like, let's hear what you sell. And then let's kind of talk about like the early days. What made you what made you decide to start this brand? Because you already are a business coach. You do a lot of different things. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, in my business coaching, I talk so much to women about being the CEO about mm-hmm. taking your power back, treating your business like a business, really operating from this standpoint of power that you're not just running a little business. This isn't a side hustle. You know, you're mm-hmm. not just the technician in your business and so many women that I coach and they come to entrepreneurship because they have a very specific skill set. Either they're a service provider or they're a coach as well and they mm-hmm. really get stuck in this mindset of I'm a coach first. I'm a healer first instead of CEO first. And if you want to build mm-hmm. a true business, you have to have this mindset of I'm the CEO, I'm the boss. I'm not you know, I'm not a victim to my business. I'm not just, you know, this is serious. You know, this is, um, you know, this is something that I'm really building. So I talk a lot about that, you know, so much, so many of our problems in business can be solved when we put our CEO hat on. Right. (laughs) So I was literally already talking about being a CEO, putting your CEO hat on, thinking like a CEO, being the CEO, being the boss, you know, my course boss moves goes goes into this in, in depth, like what it means to be a confident CEO leader and taking your power back. So that was already a huge part of my brand message. And then combined with the fact that I am, in fact, a 
hat snob. I love hats. You know, I source great hats. You know, I'm always wearing a hat. That's that was all over my feed, all over my brand. And, you know, it's a power play. It's an embodiment tool. It's a confidence builder. You know, when you put on a hat, you're owning the room. You're walking in different. People are going to ask you, where'd you get your hat? People are going to look at you. People are going to see you. And so that started happening in my local community and online. People would be like, I love your hats. Where do you get your hats? Mm. That hat's so cool. Where do you get your hats? And I'm like, hmm. Love it. Light bulb, light bulb moment. An idea (laughs) here. And I also started to notice, you know, that the, you know, there is a particular genre of women that are hat ladies, you know, hat, Mm -hmm. hat girls. And, you know, especially in the entrepreneur space, you know, our hats are a, you know, a eye catcher for your feed. They stop the scroll, they get attention. They're almost like a a prop for your brand photo shoots. Mm -hmm. And so you know, I think I was actually on a uh, a wine tour with some of my friends here, you know, in Idaho, and I was actually talking to them about this idea. I was like, hey, I'm kind of thinking about this. Like, is there a market for it? And like on that same day, like five people stopped me in the street while I was with them. Where'd you get your hat? Hey, where'd you get that hat? It's like they never seen hats before. It was crazy. And so I said, Hmm, awesome. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna try this out. And you know, long story short, I hired you. <laughs> <laughs> I urge you immediately. And, and here's a lesson for your listeners. Like, don't do this alone. Don't try to piecemeal this together. Like I knew like, look, like I've got, I know what my skill set is, but I also know what my skill set is not. And I need to know if this is viable and I need to launch this the correct way. And I need to get this off the ground. And so I um, found you through a referral, Madison Tinder and hired you and you were instrumental in helping us launch this thing. And so, yeah, that's Aww. it. I love that. I feel like I love so many little parts of that. Um, The first thing that I love is like you, I think two things. One is that you already were wearing the product. It was already a part of your brand before you even had the idea to launch the product. And then two, um, when you were out at the wine tour, or maybe it was before that people were kind of asking you, where did you get your hat? And it was like, Mm-hmm. Oh, like the light bulbs start going off in the brain. Like, I wonder how, like, how can I capitalize this? How can I monetize this? I love hats. It makes sense for my brand. Like, let's do a hat brand. So I love that so much. Yeah. And, it. you know, to answer your question kind of about the early days, you know, just the psychology mm-hmm. behind it was, you know, I knew we can't just be like every other hat company. You know, we can't just say we sell hats. you know, we sell hats for powerful women. Like we're building a true, um, avatar. We're building a vibe. We're building a brand, you know, where people want to be powerful. You know, the hat represents, we're not just selling hats. We're selling confidence. We're selling power. We're Mm -hmm. selling a tool that you can step into. And, you know, that's one of the things initially, you know, I knew like, we were going to have to niche this down just a touch. We're going to have to really create a version of a woman that women aspire to be, um, you know, a community that they can be a part of like the CEO hat club. Like I want to be a part of the cool girl club. Like so many women would tell me that. So it's another lesson in really listening to the market and listening to the psychological components, you know, behind what people are saying, like women would say, I want to be a part of like the cool girl hat club. I want to be, I want to wear those hats. I want to be able to to pull that off. I want to be able to own it. And I said, Hmm, okay. You know, that's another piece to this. And what's been so beautiful, Carrie, 
is that we'll have women that come to us, especially like when I do a pop-up shop and that's really where the beauty happens too, is they'll walk in the door and they'll be like, I can't wear those hats. And I think you were kind of like this at first. I totally was. I'm not a hat person, Lindsay. And you were like, hell no, everybody is a hat person. You haven't found the right hat. Yes. And it's just a belief that you tell yourself, like, how often do we do this as women? Yeah. Like we just immediately start counting ourselves out. Like I can't wear that. Yeah. I can't, I can't pull that off. I can't do that. Like I'm not like so-and-so. And it's like, that's yeah. just a story. Like stop that. Of course you can. You can wear anything that you want if you choose to wear it. <laughs> like yeah. last time I checked, you're not allergic to hats. Like you didn't mm-hmm. come out the womb with some like genetic deficiency towards hats or like, like, you know, like just put yeah. it on your head and rock it and own it. And so we'll have women that come in saying that, and then, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, I'll kind of talk them through that and they'll leave with three or four hats and then become a total hat addict. And wow. you know, they come back and they buy hats over and over and over again. And that was big, been the real beauty and the cool Damn. part. And really the mission you know, behind the company is, you know, we want women stepping in their power and to be confident, know they can own it. And our hats help them do that. Oh, it's amazing. Amazing. Um, so in the early stages, like what did, what, what was there anything that like almost kept you from doing this? Like, did you have any big fears around like, will this work? Can I do this? Can I juggle both businesses? Cause obviously in your other business, you probably do a lot of things. Like what were your kind of, what were your concerns? Yeah. All of those things, you know, how am I going to be able to run two businesses at once for sure? And I think the, the answer to that has been prioritizing your time and really focusing only on what's essential, not all of the things that you could do, but just the few things that are driving the needle in your stage of business. Now, if I, if, if I wouldn't have known what I know as a coach and what I know as a CEO, I think I probably would have struggled way more than that. So that is a, uh, one thing that I had on this, like, like I know how to run businesses. I know how to prioritize. I know what this is going to take. Um, but then the other part was like, is this a viable business? Like are women really going to buy hats on the internet that they can't try on? So that was a huge, you know, a huge thing that, you know, I I was concerned about like, you know, Mm. hats are a different, you know, a little bit different animal um, as far as, you know, women do want, you know, that it's not like when you buy clothes, I guess it's a little bit different. Maybe it's not, I don't know, but, you know, kind of, over helping overcome that objection. Well, I, I, I don't want to buy this if I can't try it on type of deal. So, you know, really being sure in our marketing that we're helping people experience the product, you know, that we will troubleshoot with them in the DM that we're really explaining, you know, and helping them find the best hat for them virtually um, to kind of get through, you know, overcome some of the objections about trying on hats. But yeah, I think those are my biggest ones. Like, how am I going to juggle this? Is this viable? Yeah. You know, um, you know, will, will this work really, (laughs) you know, you know, I'm not so-and-so hat brand. I'm not so-and-so company, you know, can I even compete here? You know, and transparently I still struggle with that. I think any business owner, you know, struggles with, with those things. Like, is this going to work? Like, is this worth it? You know, or is this just a shiny object? Is this just a distraction? So. And since you, so you launched your store, this was, was it last January? It was a, January of last year. Is that right? February? Uh, Late February of 2021. Yeah. Okay. So when you launched, I know you had, because I remember speaking to you after, I believe you had quite a good launch. Let's like, how was your launch process? Like, were you stressed before? What did the launch look like for you? 
Yeah. So I love this question. So we had a, a 10 K <laughs> we had a 10 K launch right off the bat in Amazing. February, which if you're familiar listeners, you know, you don't, y'all know if you're in retail, February is kind of like, no, yeah. <laughs> like yep. it's the right after time. it's like a horrible time, Yeah, but we kind of leveraged it because it was, it was like this cool, exciting thing, right? Like nothing is really going on. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's some things to buy. It's kind of this February is a very weird time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did it, you know, we, we launched, you know, had a $10,000 launch right off the bat. And, you know, the lucky thing is, is that I do know how to launch and I do know how to market, you know, for my other business. But one of the things that we really did was we spent a lot of time hyping, you know, we built a wait list, you know, people knew what was coming. I mean, I was hyping this thing for two to three months, um, before people knew what was happening. They were introduced to the hats. We built a wait list. We, um, you know, had started growing our Instagram following and getting people excited. That was the mm-hmm. true, that was the true thing is hype, excitement, yes. grow your audience, get people um, familiar with the product. You know, I was walking people through the products and doing reels and lives and showing them all the different hats and really educating people plenty of time before we launched. So what that created Carrie was that on the day that we launched, which was on a Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain, people already knew which chats they were going to buy. They were so excited, primed and ready to go. They're like drooling, you know, at the mouth you know, to get these hats. <laughs> and that's the power of a solid launching campaign. When you're creating hype, you know, you're really, you know, creating community and you're really talking to and educating your audience through all of this stuff and getting people excited. That being said, I was still extremely nervous <laughs> because yeah. you never know. People can be so flaky and you know, our price point, you know, this isn't this isn't the cheap hat you're going to get at Target or Walmart. Like these are quality yeah. incredible hats. You know, you're going to spend probably a minimum of 150 bucks, you know, on a on a great hat. And so I can remember actually being in my bathtub. Um, I had like everything ready to go. We'd press publish on the website. We'd sent the emails, like everything was, was done beforehand. And so it's just a matter of like publish and wait, right. Yeah. And see if the sales are going to come in. And I like could not look at it. Like I had to put my phone in the other room. It was so weird. Like I've never had that type of nervousness yeah. around any other launch. I think just cause it was so new and you didn't know what to expect, but I just remember being in my, my bathtub, just trying to like calm myself down and like take an yeah. Epsom salt bath. <laughs> with candles and just chill and like, try not to, you know, pay attention to it. But of course, as soon as I get out of the bathtub, I'm like running to look at my phone and, you know, and it was, it was like the Shopify notifications, cha-ching, 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 ding, 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 ding. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's working. It's happening. And, you know, we wind up, you know, selling out of, you know, that initial inventory drop and more. And, you know, that was my biggest thing. I'm like, okay, like I just need to sell this inventory that I've just brought like you know so yeah that was the the first launch story I was super nervous but um I really was blown away by the support and um you know didn't know what to expect and was very very pleased with what came through so yeah that's like because I I mean I work with a lot of different people and when I work with a new brand launching a product, you know, most times if they do not have an existing audience, like you have been working with an existing audience and that is, I mean, that's a game changer, but that doesn't mean that you're going to like sell out of your product. But when I work with a brand who's launching from scratch and they don't do a thorough job of 
like just what you talked about, the hype, getting people ready. Like you can't just launch a product and then say, oops, like day one on Instagram, like we have a new brand, come by. Like no one will buy from you because no one knows who you are. Um, and they have they have a small launch, which that's okay. Like it's okay to have a small launch as well. But how exciting to have a 10K launch on your first product. I mean, that's that's incredible. So yeah, um, you're so right, Carrie. And I think so many people don't. It's like there's this constant... Um, you know, there's this constant duality in the online world and in, in e-commerce where, you know, we don't want to be yeah. so focused on vanity numbers. You know, you can truly have a successful business with, with smaller numbers. And also at the same time, it is kind of a numbers game. Like you, you have to have an audience, you have to have a warm primed, ready to go audience of loyal customers and, you know, yeah. a way to communicate that with them. And I think that's the number one thing that a lot of people don't do in any business is grow their audience Mm -hmm. and really warm them up enough so that they don't have product shock and they're hyped and ready to go. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. Having the audience, having like you talked about customer loyalty, all those things are are so important. Um, Just want to mention a few things because I remember your launch and I remember you know, we worked together um, on a few strategy sessions before you launched your business. But I have to like talk about the things that you did right, at least from my eyes. So I get a lot of people that come to me and they're like, I want to launch a business. I want to do this brand, but I have no money. Or like, I'm like, okay. And this is no disrespect. I get messages from people all the time. I saw your YouTube video on how to launch a subscription box business. I'm really on a tight budget and I have no money, so I can't buy your course. But could you could you tell me how I can launch my business? And I'm always like it. (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to be rude at all, but it's like if you can't, you know, if you can't afford like a two hundred dollar course to help you launch a business, how do you expect to buy fucking product. Like you need to buy product. You need to buy a website domain. You got to get product photos. Like how do you expect to do all that if you have no budget? There's no yeah. no disrespect if you don't have money to do it. Just wait. Like save your money and launch a business when you have a little bit of money. But like it takes money to launch a freaking product business. Sorry. I feel like I had to get that out there. You know, I agree. And I think that there's, I don't know where this line of thinking came in. I I don't know. Maybe it's because of internet marketing. Like you only need your cell phone and a, and a free social media page to build a business. And I'm like, not any commerce. Look, yes. That's why. Not any commerce. (laughs) And also, and also like, I think there's this huge problem in our country around, um, shaming people about debt and and in money circles, and it's like, guys, like, yeah. how do y'all think businesses get started? Like, there's nothing wrong with getting a small business loan. There's nothing wrong with getting a line of credit. There's nothing wrong with pulling your resources, you know, getting a loan from investors or venture capitalists to start a business. As long as you have a plan and a yeah. budget and a business plan to go with that, and so it's just like, what do you need to do, like? I just think it's ridiculous. I'm like, if you really want something, you find a way. Like, do you need to have a garage sale? Do you yeah. need to downsize so that you've got some cash flow to make this thing work? Yeah. But expecting to like bootstrap shit together, you know, on a broke bitch mentality and become a million, it's just not gonna, it's not gonna work. That's not how high-powered CEOs think. Broke bitch. I love it so much. Yeah, let's get out of broke bitch energy and into bad bitch energy. Okay. We uh, it takes money to make money. Oh my God. I love this so much. I need to see what timestamp this is so I can make sure I 
<laughs> I got to like write this down for a little video clip. Um, yeah. And like, I agree with you. And like, I'm not trying to shame anyone. Uh, if you don't have money, that's great. But like, I've done multiple podcast episodes where I talk about how do you invest when you think you can't afford it? And like, I talked about literally situations where I went through my closet and sold like when I this was 10 years ago when I actually used to work in like corporate America and I used to be actually fashionable. And so I have like I had like a couple Burberry bags, a Burberry scarf, like I went through and sold all that stuff to be able to pay for like a coach, a mastermind program. Like you have to be resourceful and scrappy and creative if you want to do these types of things. But yeah, like if you want to do a product business, you have to spend there. There's no way you cannot spend money. And like, this is not a print on demand business. Print on demand is where you, you know, you have a t-shirt, you plop a design on it and you can sell that without inventory. But that's like a different type of business. So anyway, I feel like I'm going on a bit of a tangent. But No, I agree with you. And I think it's so important, you know, and what I'm hearing a lot in that, what I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't really Mm -hmm. understand their numbers and they don't have a plan to begin with. And I love Profit First. That's how I run both of my businesses. There's a fantastic book. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the author's name, but it's basically Profit First for e-commerce. And it talks you through, you know, it talks you through, you know, inventory and future pacing that. And because, you know, on the topic of inventory, that's where a lot of business owners, you know, do get into trouble because all of their money is going back into inventory and they're not prioritizing Mm -hmm. profit first. They're not, you know, understand, they can never get ahead. Um, Now there, that is a a choice that you can make in the, in the first year, the growth stage of your business, where everything's going back into your business, but you have to have a plan for profit and you have to know your numbers. You have to know how to price things, you know, and do it to where you, you know, how, how many units of XYZ product you've got to sell in order to, you know, to be profitable. So we got to have a plan out here. Yes, absolutely. And I need to, I'll have to chat with you about that book because I I need to be able to refer that to people. That sounds like a really, really good book. But yes, I totally agree with you about being aware of your numbers and not just inventory is like, and I speak from experience. I I made a lot of mistakes with inventory. And like when I sold my product business, I had to go through and I lived in Seattle. Our entire garage and first floor of our townhouse was inventory. Boxes up to the ceiling, you don't know how much inventory you have if you're not really keeping your eye on it. And I had something like when I sold the business, I had like 10, I think it was either 10000 or $15,000 worth of inventory in my house wow. that I had yeah. to ship off to the new owner. So not only do I now have to pay to ship it, but like that's 15000 of product that's not in my pocket, you know, because obviously right. let's assume it's 50%. Um, I can charge 50% more, which is like a standard. If I buy a product wholesale, I can sell it retail for, you know, 50%. So that could have been like 20, 30,000 more that I could have had in my pocket. So inventory right. is a tricky little bitch. It is. And it's where your money is. It's like, you know, I heard somebody say, you know, if you're, if you're looking for more money in your business, I mean, look on your shelves, like, what are you you promoting? Like if something isn't doing well, like let's talk about another way to sell it or show it, or there's some reason why it's not selling like, you know, like it needs to, but yeah. And that was a huge, you know, going back to the question around, you know, fears and struggles in the beginning, I was, that was my main goal. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I never want any inventory. (laughs) I I want to sell out of everything. You know, I don't want to be 
stuck with a ton of hats I can't sell and you know, that fear around that too. So no, but that's smart though, because again, like I'm, I feel like I'm referring to people that I've worked with and of course I won't use names, but like, so every time I work with someone to help them launch their business, they're like, and you were the opposite, which I love. You were the only person, uh, a few people, but like everyone that I work with that wants to launch a business, they're like, okay, I'm going to launch this business. I have no audience. I'm kind of on a budget. However, I want to launch with like a thousand of this product and I have and I have no clue if anyone wants to buy it. And I'm always like, hell no, like launch with minimal items, have a good plan where you can replenish quickly. Um, You can do pre-sale like you can do a lot of things, but like do not buy a shitload of inventory before you know if your customers are actually going to buy it. And you don't know if people are going to buy it until you actually have it for sale on your website and people buy it. Just because your friends say, oh, I'll definitely buy all your hats. Mm-hmm. They they might, but guess what? They probably won't buy the damn hats. So start small and start simple. Look at what sells and then buy more of that. Absolutely. You know, when we launched, we started with six hats. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of another lesson into behind the scenes of what made that first launch so great. We started with six hats and, you know, three hats each went into three different collections and we created an avatar around each collection. So we had the boho boss, the Lux leader and the social media star. So women could start to see themselves in each of these collections, but there were just six hats, six hats, different styles to choose from. And I didn't, you know, go and buy 100 units of each hat. (laughs) It was like, you know, very low inventory. And I was able to order as people were ordering. So it was almost kind of like a pre-sale so that I wasn't stuck, you know, with a ton of inventory. And that I really feel like is the best way to do it. Because like you said, you never know what people are going to love and buy. Like I may love a particular style of hat and think, oh, this is the one, like this is going to fly off the shelves. And yeah, for whatever reason, people are like, no. You know, they don't do it. So what you love isn't necessarily, you know, what your clients and customers love, you know, when it comes to retail. So no, absolutely. And like, I have a funny, it's not actually very funny, but it still makes me upset. So I had, uh, I used to go to, with my business, I went to these live Corgi day events in California and it was like thousand, I know you're a dog mom, but so thousands of Corgi owners show up at this event in Huntington Beach in California. And there's like all the it's ridiculous. There's all these like Corgi events and, you know, this and this. So I was invited to be a vendor. So I was like, OK, I have a really awesome idea. I'm going to get custom made Corgi dog toys. They're going to be amazing. Everyone's going to love them because I had a lot of Corgi um, customers. So I got you know, found a vendor, got these toys made. I spent $3,000. This was like early on in my business. So spending three grand on a product that like you have no idea if it's going to work was pretty ballsy of me, but I was very confident it's going to work. People are going to love them. I go to this event with my box of Corgi toys and guess how many I sold? Two. No, not one, not one, not one goddamn toy did I sell. And I went to future Corgi Day events. May I think I may have sold one or two. Um, people did not want this toy. I still have some of those toys in my garage today. Like I could never get rid of those things. So I basically took $3,000 and ripped it up in the air and threw it like it was yeah. confetti. 
So it's a good lesson that validates your product idea before you buy a lot. And you only can do that by selling it first. So that's right. That's right. Yes. Oh, the damn it corgi is. toys. Yeah. <laughs> they like, I get like really upset on the inside when I think about it. But that's like one of my worst. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that much money, but it's a big mistake, but it's a lesson learned. So. Yeah, total. Some, some, some of our best lessons are the most expensive ones. Yes. Um, okay. So kind of, and I know that I started talking about what you did right when you launched. And then I think we got on a tangent of <laughs> about numbers, you know, people messaging me being like, I have no money. Can you give me all your t- business tips? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. so one of the things that you did amazingly well, you did two things. I think you did everything well, but I'm going to focus on two things because I think they're very important for people to always be aware of. One is you spent the money on getting lifestyle photos. So you did like, I remember your photo shoot and I I see all your new photos. So you're continuing to invest in product photography, but you're not just doing the boring white background. You are like working with a photographer, going to a specific location um, and you are taking lifestyle photos. So cool, like real life situations with you and I think other models or whatever wearing your hat and they are... Like I use your stuff as examples all the time for like what you should do with your product photos on your website. So how did you like, how did you kind of plan that? How did you, did you know that those were essential to you selling your product? Yes. So um, I have, I'm very fortunate that I have Mm -hmm. incredible brand photographers. And let me just say they are Mm -hmm. fucking expensive. Okay. They are the best of the best. I realize not everybody can can start that or swing that, but I also know my limitations. Like I'm not the one that's going to take a DIY photography course. It's just okay. not in my skill set. Um, and so I had a very clear vision, and and that's the other thing too that I want to challenge listeners around this. Like when you are running an e-commerce business, um, you know, you also have to put on not only the CEO hat but like the creative director hat of your marketing campaigns. Like you have to have a vision and understand psychologically, you know, what people are wanting, the story that you're telling. That's all that's, you know, I learned that from back in my retail days. Okay. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, what's the story you're telling here? You know, every, everything that you model, everything that you do needs to have a vibe. It has a psychological story process. And so, you know, you, it's not, again, it's not about just like taking flat lays of shit all the time. Like mm-hmm. those are cool. There's good, better, best, like good is you took a photo in a flat lake. Great. <laughs> Even better is, can we tell a story? Can we help someone catch a vibe? Can they, the, the reality is people are looking at that and they either one, see themselves, they can see the product, see the, the picture and see themselves in the product, or mm-hmm. they see something they want to aspire to be. Hmm. that is the basis of all marketing that you're doing with your products. Can they see themselves in the hat or can they see them aspiring to be that like hashtag goals? That's what you're doing. That's what you're invoking. And so, yeah, I did invest in incredible brand photographers, but Mm -hmm. I also came with a vision and that's where I see a lot of entrepreneurs get into trouble because they think they're going to hire a photographer, a brand photographer, and they just give all their power away, all of their creative direction away. And they're like, you do it. I don't know. I don't know. Like, here's our products. Like you just take charge. 
And while I do think quality brand photographers do are able to do that, but just like any contractor that you use, they need your vision. So you need to think about that. You need to think about your ideal client. You need to help your clients see themselves in your product or aspire to have your product. Um, and so that's what we, that's what we did. And I will say like the quality photos are so important. They really, really are, especially for your website convertibility, because that's, yeah. Yeah. That's as we learn, unfortunately, (laughs) absolutely (laughs) everything. I feel like I'm like, you know, the conversion rate was like, you know, standing over me with a whip all the time. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't have any doubts that you would be checking that. I think that's, I'm not surprised there, but yes, I think uh, website conversion rate is obviously something that you need to be aware of, but also being aware of what's going to help your conversion rate increase. And that's going to be things like your product photos, your descriptions, just like you nailed it. Like it's not just the photos, it's the storytelling. What, what emotion does this, the photo um, evoke? And absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like I'm not just taking pictures and hats, like the, the wardrobe, Mm -hmm. the outfit, the aesthetic, like it's a whole process that takes a lot of planning and a lot of, you know, a lot of visual storytelling. You know, that's that, that tip right there. I don't, I mean, listeners like that'll change the game for yourselves. Mm -hmm. If you can start telling a story with, with what you're selling versus just here's the hat, (laughs) here's the stuff, you know? Yeah. And how, and totally agree with you. And I love that so much. How do you, do you feel like your ideal customer has changed since you first launched the business up until today? Like, do you feel like you've pivoted a little bit or do you think it's like kind of the same person? I feel like it's kind of the same person, but there are different stages. And I think a lot of people, this Mm -hmm. is another thing that a lot of entrepreneurs really get in their head about because they're like, idle client, idle client, idle client. You can have the same ideal client. Mm-hmm. However, you can have variations of that ideal client that are in different stages of the journey. So like I was saying earlier about, you know, the first time hat owners. Okay. Uh, okay. So mm-hmm. we, you know, the, the, the woman is still the same. She's a powerful woman. She probably owns her own business. She's probably actually the either the CEO of a company, a business owner, or she's the CEO of her life. You know, we mm-hmm. don't always have, you know, actual CEOs. Sometimes they're like retired women that, <laughs> you know, they're just living mm-hmm. their best life and they want to feel powerful, right? So it's for powerful as fuck women. So that's the, at the end of the day, that's the ideal client, but there are going to be different stages. So how are we speaking to the woman that it's their first time to ever buy a hat? Mm -hmm. And then down the road, well, now she's a hat addict. She has a whole hat collection, you know, because she started buying hats with us and now she's three or four hats in how we Mm -hmm. speak to her is going to be a touch different. Does that make sense? So now it's like the same vital client. Yeah. You know, same person, but just different stages of the journey, you know, as they are kind of moving through, you know, being a, a loyal customer of yours. And so that's kind of a, a trend that we're always watching and that we want to know is like, are, are, are you, would you identify as a hat person? You know, okay. If so, you know, we have different ways of kind of marketing to women that are first timers and then women who are, you know, seasoned in the, in the hat club, in the hat, in the hat game. So I love that. And who, like, which of those, I mean, I can kind of take a guess, but like, which of those people are the ones who you see, or maybe 
never mind. I was going to ask, like, which of those people are the ones who are coming back to you and being like, oh, I bought your um, like I bought your brown hat. I forgot the name of it. It was like when you first launched the brown, like brownie colored hat. Super beautiful. Um, But I was that person like I had never bought a hat before. And now I've actually bought I have two hats from you. One is like the straw hat. One is the brown hat. Yeah. yeah, Um, Yeah. How do you like, you know what? I'm changing my question. How do you get people to buy from you the first time and then keep coming back to you? So obviously there's like email marketing, social media, but like, well, Carrie, you're probably going to slap my wrist right now because I am not the best email marketer. Let me just tell you that's on my goal list. Okay. I hate emails. I don't read emails. I hate writing emails. Again, Mm. you are not your idle client. (laughs) Yeah. We know, like, I know I'm supposed to be doing email marketing, but I have been very few. I have been very, you know, I basically only email people when we launch. (laughs) It's like the worst, which is like what you're not supposed to do. So listeners, I'm not following the rules right now. It's on my goal list. But I also think you have to look at what your strength set is and what is proven to work as well. Yeah. And I am badass at Instagram marketing. We are phenomenal at Instagram stories and launching. And that's what I know I'm good at. So I have to play up to my strengths when I have limited time, you know, and it's all about priorities. But how we get people coming back is that consistent storytelling presence on Instagram. Okay. You know, so we're asking polls, we're asking questions, we're communicating with people and then launching in that same way that we did initially that once that person has that hat, then they're, then they're looking, Oh, what's next? Oh, what's yeah. next? Like they, they get addicted to that feeling of confidence and okay. the powerful um, vision of what they can feel like that we're showing them every single time. And they like really get, um, you know, they get involved in these hats because we give all of our hats a name. So like, you know, this is the Donna in Russ. This is the Billy. This is the Debbie. This is the Shirley. This is like, they all have different names. It's like, which one are you? Like, which one are you feeling? Again, can you see yourself? And, you know, they get addicted to that feeling. They they want to feel that way again. And so it's like, you know, um, they I think they also feel, um, it's like, they feel like they're investing in themselves. It's like, I'm worth it. Like I, you know, I'm this hat person, you know, it's an identity. It's that embodiment tool. And I think that's one of the biggest ways that they keep coming back, you know, because we launch new collections really well and we're constantly showing them over and over and over again, um, on our Instagram stories and on our page, you know, a, a version, a vision of, you know, what they can feel like. So, um, you know, and it's been surprising, you know, it's like, I'll have, we'll have some women that come in that will buy like three or four hats at a time. And I'm like, oh, I don't wow. even have a box. I'm like, I don't even have a box big enough for this. <laughs> like, oh. You know, it's like that, that's shocking. But I would say that that's why you know they get hooked on the feeling as the song says. So, and I love that you're saying that because it's not necessarily the, the hat, it's the, the transformation that someone feels from using your product. And that is, something that we could spend an entire podcast episode talking about, but like, that's how you market your product. That's messaging is when you can describe and make people feel something from your product and then take that experience, bottle it up and put that on your social media stories, your posts, like your email. Um, Yeah, that's it right there. 
Yeah. And that, what you just said, Carrie, for all the listeners, that's the difference mm-hmm. between building a brand yep. and just slinging some products, <laughs> you know, like on the internet, like you're built, you have to build a brand. That's what it's about. It's what are people buying into? You're not just selling products. You're building a brand around your products. And the brand building is the part mm-hmm. that keeps people coming back because they want to be a part of something. Yes. I love that so much. And yeah, this is something that I talk about a lot on the podcast is like the faceless brands only work on Amazon. Like you can't be a faceless brand and try to run an online store. Like there has to be some story, personality, like a human's face attached to that brand. You're not just selling hats. Like you've just talked about, you're selling the transformation, the feeling, like the feeling of being confident and like, yeah. Like I always tell, you know, cause I have a, a program called power positioning where I basically teach mm-hmm. people how to do this, how to position their brand for more sales. And, you know, it applies to retail and physical products. Physical products are almost even easier to me because yeah, you're not necessarily selling yourself, your coaching package or, you know, whatever, like it's a product, like people either want the product or not, but it's mm-hmm. good, better, best. So I'll have, I have a woman in one of my programs right now. She was like constantly putting t-shirts on mannequins. Oh like, no, like, no, these boring man. Cause she <sighs> didn't want to get in front of the camera, you know, which I get, but I'm like, get a model. Okay. Like, you know, there's good, better, best. Good is you posted the flat lay or you posted the t-shirt on the mannequin. Okay, good. Check mo- check box, right? Here's your mm-hmm. cookie. But if you really want to like position yourself for more sales and up the ante, okay, like we need to see that product on a person. Yeah. How does it feel? How does it fit? Can you bring me into a sensory experience with this with this product? They have to see themselves in it. And most people are not going to be able to just a t-shirt on a mannequin isn't doing it. Or I'll see boutiques do this all the time. This is my pet peeve, Carrie. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is my pet peeve. Like I okay. listen, listen, listeners, I am that Virgo bitch. That's judging everything you're doing on social media. <laughs> like I am like, I'm the one that wants to send unsolicited advice okay. to every boutique oh, that I interact I with. Too. I I'm do like, too. Oh, this is lazy. This it's is what so hard. I'm like, this is marketing. Okay. Um, What is it? Let's hear it. When I see boutiques, like they just have this dress on a hanger and they've like put the dress. It's just still on the hanger. They haven't even steamed it. It doesn't even look like, and they just like put it on the back of the dressing room door. They have it in front of this like shiplap wall. And it's just like Uh, four or five snippets of just a dress on a hanger. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. And you don't tell me anything about it. You don't, it's just, there's no context. It just looks like, I'm like, this is so late. This is so lazy to me. This is what I'm seeing right now is someone just saying, well, we got to post on social media. So what's the easiest, you know, quickest thing that we can do about this. And I don't know, maybe some people buy, cause they just saw, you know, this, this dress, that's just this lame dress. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't see anything about it. I don't know how it fits. I don't know what the the comfort level of it, of it is. I don't know what to style with it. You know, it's just like, yeah, ugh, it's just, there's no effort put into this, you know? So that's my pet peeve. I'm like, you got to give context. You got to show people how to wear this. You've got to create an experience. You've got a story tell here. Um, you know, and that's how you're going to get people coming back and buying over and over again and being glued to your stories. So yes. that's my pet peeve. I love right. that so much. It's so Come funny. On, how we, we all have pet peeves with, I mean, 
I definitely do because I work with people every day. So I've grown to just be very like, you shouldn't be doing this. But there are certain things like, okay, for example, last night I went on a tangent about Etsy. I'm buying, looking for an invitation. This is not the same thing, but it's like a different story. Um, I'm looking for a pony. We're having a pony party for my son. And first off, I hate kids, like any kid products that are like kid-like, like tacky and just, I hate it, right? So I like- Plastic, gross stuff everywhere. Just, yes. I like simple, modern, like I literally Googled boho pony party invitations Etsy. Like that's basically my first go-to is like boho because at least it will probably be simple. Anyway, I get this like flow of Etsy cards every single one looked exactly the same. So Mm -hmm. I literally posted, I was like, do you want to know the fastest way to not make sales in your e-commerce business? And then I posted the Etsy thing and I was like, copying your effing competitors. And I was like, every, like every card is the same. So it's like one person said, oh, like we're going to make this pony thing and then we're going to put flowers up here and over here. And then it's like, they just had 500 other people jump on the bandwagon and you no one stands out. So I'm scrolling through and I'm like, this is horrible. I actually got really mad about it. And obviously, because I posted it on Instagram. Um, and then I ended up, what happens when everything looks the same? You don't stand out. And yeah, so, so what you're like, you just I, go for the cheapest thing. I just X out of the browser and did a different search with like a different search term. And then mm-hmm. I happened like half an hour later, I found something that was what I was looking for. But like, that for me is a huge pet peeve when like everyone just copies what the other person does because you think, oh, like, well, if Susan is doing it, like it must be right. But what happens is your consumers are scrolling through social media, scrolling through a blog post. And if everything looks the same, you don't stand out and they're they're not going to stop on you. So for me, it's like, I understand why people do it because I think you there's something that feels safe about like, well, if this person's doing it, they must be doing it right. So I'm going to be doing something similar, but it doesn't actually work for you. So makes me very mad. Absolutely. You know, we call that basic bitch marketing. We've talked about broke bitch, bad bitch. That's called basic bitch. (laughs) It's when you're just doing the same basic shit (laughs) because you think that's a bullet in the box, you know, or a magic bullet business in a box strategy. It actually really harmed your business. You know, you know, on that note, I made a post the other day. It's like business requires you to find your own voice and to innovate and to stand out. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there is no one size fits all strategy. I mean, you've got to be willing to do that. And again, it goes back to brand building. Like, you know, yeah. brands are signature brands stand out. Brands have a distinctive voice, a distinctive visual, a distinctive vibe to them. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. Um, okay. I just want to ask one more question. I know we are running late on time. Um, what do you, I don't know. I feel like I have so many questions. What do you feel like has, okay. What, where are you? I know that you talked about Instagram, where do you feel like you're getting the most? I feel like this is an easy question. So we'll just do this one because um, people always want to know, well, where are you getting your sales? How are you getting customers? Where do you feel like you are getting most of your sales from? Yeah. So right now it's 100% Instagram stories. Okay. Um, that Instagram always, stories. Instagram stories. Yeah. And okay. you know, I, the same thing is true in my coaching business. I know that because your stories, if you're doing them 
strategically and powerfully correctly mm-hmm. are where your hottest leads are. Think about this. Yeah. Warmest people. If someone is watching your stories every day, they want mm-hmm. to know what is going on. They yeah. are busy. They are looking at you. They are like ready to do it. Okay. Like, and so yes, yes. that's where we nurture our hottest leads and it leads directly to salesmen. And I can track this. I can, I can literally track like, okay, well, I just talked about, you know, our white Billy rancher and our black one, and then boom, it created a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a sale for that thing. And so our biggest ones are Instagram stories. Um, you know, second would be the Instagram feed, but understand, you know, that that's pushing to newer people, you know, they're a little bit colder to you. Um, so for me right now, those are the two big ones. Um, I don't have a ton of email (laughs) marketing to look at. I'm sure that that would be better. That probably would work. That's again, my goal, my goal, it's my goal, Carrie. I know. Um, but that, and then, you know, our in-person we've really, for 2022, we have, um, we've utilized our local community a little bit more. I finally mm-hmm. started saying yes to some pop-up shops. Yes. To collaborate collaborative events with other people where we can share audiences. Nice. Yeah. Um, and that's been, um, really great too, because again, you know, there's just something about in-person, you get a group of girls together, they're trying on hats and then they're it's third-party credibility. Their friends like, Oh, that hat looks good on you. You know, it's like, you know, yes. it's done, you know? So, um, that. that's been exciting to do, but you know, Instagram is our go-to 100% Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. And do you feel like, cause I don't know, I feel like lately Instagram has been, horrible across the board for a lot of people that I work with. Um, And maybe it's just, I feel like it's trendy to also complain about Instagram. You know, I think like, oh, the algorithm, my business isn't working because the algorithm hates me. I mean, I feel like we all hear that. Do you feel like Instagram has been challenging more lately or do you think it's still working great for you? Um, You know, we've seen a slight little dip, um, you know, this quarter, I would say but I don't necessarily know that it's because of Instagram. You know, I'm just very wary to blame anything on any social media platform ever. Yeah. I just don't think that that's the reason why things aren't working in your business. You know, I think it's about you. I don't ever give my power away to any type of social media platform. And I think that the reality is, is that the shopping behavior of people is changing because of our economy and because we're, you know, it just, is I mean, gas is $5 a gallon. <laughs> I mean, like Crazy. You know, grocery store bills are up. So it's like, we're kind of heading inflation is so high and you have to look at some of that. I don't, you know, yeah. again, do I want to give my power away to a recession? No, but you've got to study the buying behavior, you know, of your people and the data doesn't lie. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if that answered your question. Um, mm-hmm. We did have, I will say this about Instagram. We did have a hell of a time getting approved for Instagram shopping. That really pissed me off because okay. um, we had to work, you know, we had to go through Facebook, the Facebook commerce account, because, you know, they're owned by one another and follow all of these. I mean, it was just real, real crazy. And at the same time, speaking of giving your power away, I want everybody to understand we didn't have Instagram shopping for a solid year. Oh, wow. And still we're able to launch. Still mm-hmm. were able to do all these things, you know, build this business, all these things, and people were buying. And, you know, I think sometimes we love to like put our, you know, try to hang our coat on this one thing. Well, I'm not having sales because I can't get approved for Instagram shopping and people yep. can't click the link. And it's like, mm, yep. 
No, I don't even necessarily know if people buy straight from Instagram like that, like mm-hmm. where they're actually clicking the products and actually buying on Instagram versus going to your, to your website. So anyways, you know, that's one thing that, that, if that frustrated with me, but, you know, we've seen constant dips, you know, Instagram's always changing, you know, new features, new stuff. Um, but I think that's the case with, with any platform. That's the nature of social media yes. and just is what it is. So, and one last question, and this is a serious question. Are you on TikTok? <laughs> I don't know I'm what kidding. I'm doing I'm on kidding. TikTok. I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing on TikTok. Like right now, my are I'm just like reposting the reels that I make on Instagram and putting them on TikTok. Like I don't know what I'm doing. Like yeah. I, that's also a goal is because everybody says. And here's here's a lesson though. It's like okay. just because everybody is saying go to TikTok mm-hmm. because TikTok is product land doesn't necessarily mean it's for you right now in the season. Like if you can't learn how to sell on Instagram. Yeah. What makes you think you're going to sell on TikTok? If you can't learn how to sell any, like you got to learn how to sell shit. <laughs> like, it's not always about the right platform. It's like, do you have the skill set of knowing how to sell your product? Once you learn that, you should be able to go to any platform and given the right amount of time and focus, figure it out. That's yeah. my opinion. So um, right that. now I'm just repurposing reels onto TikTok. To be honest, like TikTok, kind of gives me anxiety just from the, maybe I'm not following the right. I don't know. I'm just like, is this what people do all day? This is pointless shit. Like that's how I feel. I'm like, this is like, yeah, people are crazy. <laughs> like, what is all this? It's, I'm an introvert. So there's like so much going on. There's so much stimulus on TikTok. It's not my favorite platform. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's definitely something that I want to outsource. And, but that's all we're doing right now. Carrie is just repurposing reels over there yeah that and that that's tiktok is its own thing and it's like it is a different platform and i think it's important that people understand instagram and tiktok aren't the same platform and like it takes time to learn and all that so yeah yeah, i'm i was just curious because i i feel like everybody is like oh you have to do tiktok 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 i I Um, I would say i'd feel the same way and i've seen so many it seems like it's the hot you know, platform. It's the trendy yeah. thing right now. People are over on TikTok mm-hmm. and you know, Instagram has, you know, kind of created that too, because it's obvious that they're trying to be so much like TikTok. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the reason why reels were create. I mean, so much of it. So it's like, you're going, Hmm, you know, what's up there? You know? So now I think it, I think it, um, backfired on them actually, as far as marketing mm-hmm. goes, like, Again, what you said earlier, stop trying to be like everybody else. Like people are on Instagram because they like Instagram. Why are you making us create reels? Because you want to compete with TikTok? You know, why can't you be Instagram? (laughs) No. And everyone just, I don't know. Like I personally love reels. I think reels are easier for me than a regular photo with like a long ass caption. Agreed. But it's like, you know, you just hear everyone complaining. Oh, Instagram doesn't work anymore because my old stock photo, like you know, the old days of Instagram, like when I started my Instagram for my business, this was in 2016. I mean, I could just post stock photo. I mean, I didn't, but like I could theoretically post stock photos and I would get like 50 likes or a hundred likes. Um, it was easier back then. And it's not anymore. I'm not saying it's not easy, but like they've changed and you have to adapt with the change. And if you're not posting more video, Instagram may not be effective for you because 
reels outperform static Listen. images by like times a million, you know? Listen, listeners. Mm-hmm. Y'all have got to get, you got to get over it. Video is clean. <laughs> Video yes. is where it's at. Listen, you yep. either adapt or die in entrepreneurship. Yeah. Hear me, you adapt or die. So either yeah. you learn a skill set of video or mm-hmm. prepare to die. I mean, literally, it's like, I, I don't understand this, this, this mindset. I don't understand it. I'm like, what, first of all, uh, talking about, I'm about to go on a rant, Carrie. Are you ready? I'm about to That's rant. Okay. I love it. I'm, I'm like, what do you want? All of you business owners, what do you want? What do you want in your business? You want to have a business? Mm-hmm. Are you, is this a business or a hobby? Is this a business that you figure out that you adapt, you innovate, you do what's required, or are you only building it when it's convenient and working the, you know, for you when you feel like it, or when you feel comfortable, that's not what entrepreneurship is. And you have to get really honest about what do you want? What, and what are you willing to do to have it? So instead of complaining, you need to just say, Hey, I don't really want it that bad. I'm not willing to do it. You know, I'm not, my want and my will are not matched right now. Mm -hmm. It's like you either shit or get off the pot. Like you've got my Southern phrase. I don't know. Like you've got to learn how to do video. It's required of you Mm -hmm. and why it's madness. It's, it's total self-sabotage. I'm like, why would you not do something that it would increase your sales immediately? You're on the internet. What what's going to make somebody buy something, a picture mm-hmm. or a video, a picture that they don't really, you know, that is, that's good, but like they can't really get a sensory experience or a video of to where it's close up. They know the quality. They can see exactly what it's like. Yeah. Come on y'all. It's madness. Do the damn video. Hashtag, hashtag do the damn video. <laughs> I know. I, I hear you. Rant I over. Hear that's it. No, it's okay. Like I think, you know, unfortunately tough love, like people do need to hear and accept that like video is, things have changed. Like five years ago, you didn't need to have video. 2022, you need to have video. And if you don't, you're not going to grow as much as other people. Like I was, so I spoke at a conference last week and I was doing or talking about organic marketing. How do you grow your business organically without ads? And I talked about like my three-step framework. And one of the frameworks is do things that help you show up on Google. Those are two things, blog posts or YouTube videos. And everyone's like, oh, no, I could never do YouTube. And I showed an example of this scrunchie company. Okay, scrunchies. They have 165,000 subscribers. Do you want to know what kind of content they post every single day? (laughs) Like, hey, hey, guys, we're going to pack an order and we're going to like It's literally like in their shitty warehouse, like ripping the bags open, stuffing like these. This is not like Academy Award winning video here. Like it's kind of shitty. It's not highly produced. It's not like they hired a videographer. And the people like and I don't mean this in a rude way, but like, you know, and again, I show up on camera with no makeup all the time. I could care less. Like. They're wearing like pajamas, yoga pants. They're in a warehouse and they're not dolled up. They don't have makeup on. They have 165 fucking thousand subscribers on YouTube. Every video they have, thousands of comments. Like, oh my God, I need a scrunchie. I want a scrunchie. Like, I love your warehouse. I mean, 
Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to leave it with that. A hundred and in it, their brand is called XXL Scrunchie. I mean, I think they're amazing. They're they're killing it. But if you have one hundred and sixty five thousand subscribers on YouTube, multiple things are happening for you. One is every video you post on YouTube gets splashed on Google. So when someone searches scrunchies, I bet you a million dollars they are going to be in one of the top ranking spots on page one or page two or whatever. And two, you also monetize your YouTube account. So I can even imagine how much money they make from uh, ads on YouTube. Like, it's crazy. So and it's visibility, like video. You think, oh, no one cares about my warehouse packing orders. And I just prove to you that no, people do care. Pe- the s- do. People are nosy. People yes. are stalkers. People yes. are lurkers. That's what they're doing. They care about everything that you post. Yep. So, I mean, don't, it, it doesn't have to be perfect to be wonderful. That's yes. inspired me. That's good. That's a good realization. And going back to kind of our conversation about quality brand photography, Mm -hmm. I do think, I wanted to say this earlier, I do think there is a good balance of extremely quality and curated mixing in a little bit more authentic, off the cut, you know, that isn't so produced too. I think there is a balance there that you just have to test, you know, with your audience as well. Yeah. Same thing with video. You know, you know, our, um, like we had this really great, uh, video that we had produced by my same photographers, like for the launch of CEO hat club, it's gorgeous. It's cool. Um, it does well, but what does better is me hopping on a live. What does better is kind of some of that more behind the scenes, real time stuff. Like people want real, they want, Mm -hmm. they want to know what's going on. So, yes. Oh, I love that so much. All right, Lindsay, you're amazing. This was so much fun. Um, Tell everyone where they can buy your hats and where they can find you, follow you, um, and chat with you on social media. Yeah, so you can follow CEO Hat Club on Instagram and go to ceohatclub.com to get in your perfect power hat. Um, You can also follow me on Lindsay Nadler, Instagram, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y. Um, and then my podcast is the make your passion pay you podcast where I do lots of what I call little Nadler rants like this, <laughs> like I've done with you, Carrie, but yep. Come follow okay. me, send me a DM. I love to, um, have conversations and meet new people on the internet. Awesome. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Just love today's episode. Um, Lindsay is just super inspiring. And again, I love when female entrepreneurs or business coaches, um, take their existing audience and really like monetize it by adding a physical product. So you create additional income streams. And again, you can always sell that side of your business. If you create a physical product brand, like you can build it up and you can always sell it. So a lot of opportunity here, but I love this episode. Be sure that you're following Lindsay and her um, business account, the CEO Hack Club as well. She has one of the most beautiful websites, product photos that I have ever seen. And I am constantly using her as an example for other product-based businesses. All right. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple podcast and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next week.